You're listening to The Kin Show, episode six. I'm Marcela Chamorro, your host, and today I'll be joined by someone very special in a kind of out of the ordinary way. This is a conversation with Mai Carles, an artist from my neighboring country of Panama. Now, I spoke to Mai at the start of 2016, so three full years ago. At the time, her child was just a few months old and she was starting the return to her work as an artist at the time that we recorded this conversation. But I loved her approach to how motherhood and creativity complement each other and how she took such a gentle approach to her post-baby Olivia world. Being a new mom is no easy feat and being a new mompreneur adds another level of complexity to the mix. Surely so much has changed in the last three years since our conversation and I'm excited to share an update with Mai in an upcoming episode. So I hope you enjoy this interview from 2016 as much as I did and stay tuned to a future episode with Mai coming at you very soon. Let's do this 2016. Mai, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for being here. You're welcome. It's a it's a treat. Tell me a little bit about yourself and, of course, about Baby O. Okay, I haven't talked about myself in a while, so it, it feels special to have this opportunity. I haven't talked about myself or my business in almost seven months, so let's see if I'm too rusty. So I, I self-define as a tiny Panamanian artist with a T-Rex heart. And I think that encompasses a lot of things. First of all, that um, I come from like a very small land. <laughs> I'm not in New York or LA or Tokyo or any glamorous city, but I, I, I'm trying to make a living in, in a country where being an artist or being creative is not the norm. So I and think in that. Just to say, in Nicaragua, Panama is like super glamorous to us because you have like so many skyscrapers. We have one 10 story building in the entire country. So just to give you more credit. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. You see, it's all about the perspective. Exactly. So I, I just feel like I, I love saying where I'm from because it speaks so much about who I am too. I am, um, I live in a house right next to my mom right next to my grandma, right next to my mother, uh, not my mother-in-law, my uh, godmother. Like we are a very tight-knit family. So that also speaks volumes to my artwork and my creativity. You will see very often that my work is inspired by family or by um, really tight groups or that my Instagram feed is bombarded with pictures of a family. And I relate business with family. I actually don't try to compartmentalize the two. I don't know if I pronounced that word correctly, but I don't try to talk about balance of like juggling this and this. And for me, it's all one big thing. Um, so I'm, I'm this artist who has this big family who lives in this tiny country who's trying to create pretty and beautiful things to make the world better. And I've, I've found a very interesting place um, that I think it's my superpower. And it's this, it's this thing where I feel that I, I have this unique ability to inspire others to believe in themselves. And I have this unique ability to remind others that their uniqueness is awesome. Like I want everyone to, to accelerate their quirks and their little perks and what makes them weird. I love weird. Here in Panama, we say, estás loca. I love when people tell me, estás loca. You're crazy. That for me is a compliment. It's like, oh, I'm doing something right. I'm not like everyone else. So in my, in my business and in my blog post and in my life, I try to inspire others to bring some of that craziness into their brand, into their lifestyle. Um, and that's a little bit about who I am. We can talk more in detail about projects that I'm doing and, and so forth. But I think that um, defines that, that part of me. And I'm a new mom. So now there's a whole new component to my identity, which is I'm a mom now. And I have a beautiful seven-month-old um, uh, daughter named baby Olivia. So that's, that's a whole new adventure that I'm embarking in. 
seven months. I feel like seven months, the seven month mark is so, at least for us, it was, it made life so different. Um, life changed when he could sit. So my, my child is, um, about to be 18 months. So a year and a half almost, uh, he just looks like a three-year-old cause he's a giant. <laughs> um, but I, I feel like at seven months when he could sit and he was starting to crawl and he could play, I mean, it really made him able to play by himself. So it changed my me time. Is that something that you've um, experienced with Olivia? In, in a different way, yes. Um, I'm getting feedback now. Before, um, before I, I, I mean, like moms, we over give love, right? It's what we do. It's what we are wired to do. And, um, I'm breastfeeding her. So it's like another dimension of like giving yourself fully to this human being. And you just feel like you're giving, giving, giving all the time. And at the seven month mark is when I'm starting to get her appreciation back. Like she's starting to say, pa, 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 which means like, dad in, in Spanish, right? Or mom, like when she needs something, she's like, she's calling my name. Like she needs me. She's, I'm important. And that is rewarding and so gratifying. It's like all those hours were worth it. <laughs> and not that if she didn't say my name, they weren't, but you know what I'm, I'm saying? Like when they are able to express Love. Oh, you are in for a treat, my friend, because that becomes so much more amplified every day that passes. Yeah. Like I, I was telling you before we started recording that, I mean, my, our little guy, let's just, for this purpose of this podcast, I'm going to just call him JJ because Juan Jose, it gets really long. <laughs> um, so JJ, it, he will now, like I picked him up this morning before this call and he planted a wet one and like, he loves kissing on the lips. I'm like, can you maybe move a little? <laughs> and he's like, no. Or he'll say, I la la, which means I love you. Um, and when he says it randomly, it, it, it's, it's killer. It's killer. My friend, you are in for a treat. I was writing this blog post. Um, I was getting lots of emails from my, from my reader saying, my, when are you going to talk about life as a mom? And I really struggled because I'm like, I don't feel like I have, I'm back. I don't feel like I'm back from maternity leave. Like, what can I say about like working? I'm not even working full time. What, what tips can I give? And right that week when I was writing that blog post, Olivia started saying mom. And that's when I discovered I was so worried that I was like, by being on maternity leave, I was neglecting like my big break. Like what if Oprah calls? What if Ellen DeGeneres all of a sudden decides to review my cookbook? Like I am missing out. It was this fear of missing out on my business stage. And when she said, mom, it's like, my biggest break this week was my daughter called me mom. Like the Pope can call me and this is, this is where I should be. This is where I'm most needed. I'm enjoying the now in a way that I couldn't before. And I think it's the seven month mark. You're right. There's something about her being able to express that um, is allowing me to appreciate the stage and not fear that I'm neglecting my business or neglecting my my business identity, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to link to that blog post in the show notes um, because you include uh, you included a list of 20 like comeback tips, you call them, for moms going back to work after having yeah. a little. Um, so tell me a little bit about this comeback for you. How long were you on maternity? Do you still consider yourself on maternity leave? Or um, And I know that it's really hard to be on leave when you're an entrepreneur. So tell me a little bit about your experience with this, with coming back. I thought it would feel like a comeback. Like when I thought it would feel like when you go back to school and it's like the first day and like you wear the uniform, you wake up really, really early in the morning and like the first day of school starts. I thought it would feel that way, but it hasn't, which makes me a little bit nervous because I'm the planning type. I like to schedule like this date I'm starting my diet or this date is the day when I'm going to give up sugar <laughs> or like I'm, I'm a scheduler. And the fact that I, it feels like a transition getting back to work feels like a journey more, of, more than like I'm back. I, I don't think I'm ever going to be back. If I'm honest, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to disconnect the ship. That's like the mom ship. Like I used to n 
I used to have this brain that didn't worry that my baby was going to eat like a cell phone charger. I don't think that's ever going to go away that I'm, and I think worry is not the right word because it's not like I'm speaking to you right now and I worry about what Olivia is doing right now, but she's part of me now. And, um, if she's a part of me, she's a part of my work too. I'm making things differently now. I'm more creative than I used to be now because she is in my mind and she's in my heart and she's like, whatever, however you want to, um, call that. So I call them comebacks, but if I really had to define them, I would call it more of like a journey to this metaphorical Mount Everest climb that you never get there, but you know, you're walking in the right direction. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, um, I had a friend tell me years ago that once you have a kid, you never sleep the same. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like once they sleep, like you sleep, you know, like what's the big deal? And he's like, the thing is that you have them in your brain the entire night. So you, it's not like you worry about them, but they are present in your brain. You're like aware of them. So you don't sleep as deeply or as calmly, even though you know they're fine. And I, the other day I experienced it when I, I got invited to a friend's house for dinner. And so my husband and I, JJ as well, <laughs> I need to change these names. Like, I know it's so bad. It's hard to differentiate. So my husband or JJ dad and I, we went and my mom said, you know, just leave the baby to sleep at my house. She lives around the block for me. So you and I have that in common that we're, we live very close to family. So I said, okay, fine. So we got home at what, like two in the morning, the next morning at seven, I was like, bing, awake, my baby, my baby, my baby. Yeah. And, J and my husband's like, he's with your mom, relax. I'm like, I know he's fine, but I need to know how it went. What time did he wake up? Did he eat? What did he eat? Blah, blah. <laughs> and I call her and she's like, go back to sleep. It's, he's fine. We're having a blast. And I was like, I'm going to shower and I'll be right there. <laughs> it, there's just like an attachment and an adrenaline that is hard to explain. And I, I read one of your posts about the newborn phase. Um, and the newborn phase for me was a little bit scary. Uh, like the anxiety of why is he crying or what should I do next? Or why isn't this working? And add to that, the fact that my son was born with a fractured clavicle, which was super fun. <laughs> so I read this post that you described kind of the adrenaline of being a new mom and not being able to sleep when Olivia was sleeping. Um, how has that evolved in the months since then? Because I've, you know, I know that your energy is through the roof. So is that still the case? Like how has that impacted your energy levels and your sleep? I sleep much less than before, but I'll be honest with you. I, I'm a practical human being and I don't care what baby Bible says you have to do. I'll do whatever works for my lifestyle. And I've, that's been true with motherhood and that has been through with, with marriage that has been true, like as a daughter, as a sister, I co-sleep with my baby. And that has worked with me because when baby O is asleep, she's right next to me. I'm, I don't even worry because she is like a millimeter away. If she wakes up, I feed her and I feed her half asleep. And a good night for me is a good, it, it, it's when I'm able to wake up and my husband asks me, so did Olivia wake up? And I'm like, I guess she woke up because she is still sleeping and she has, and I'm sure, um, I mean, she's not starving right now. So she must have, but I don't remember. That's a good night for me. Um, obviously I can't afford like all-nighters like I used to. I was very popular for those. Like I recently launched a cookbook and that took 17 months to do. And out of those 17 months, I literally like two of two of those 17 months were non-sleeping nights. And I, that for me was like a badge of honor. It's like, I didn't sleep. Yeah. I'm so hardcore. Like I am like, I'm such a hard worker, but I've realized that busyness doesn't equal productivity or that busyness doesn't necessarily equal creativity. Now this downtime when I'm like watching baby O sleep or I'm napping with her or I'm ironing baby clothes, I'm using that time to create products in my head. So even though I'm not like answering emails or replying Instagram messages or like filming a video or like a rush, 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 rush or being busy, 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 
my head is doing things. So I'm not sure if I answered your, your question straightforwardly, but I would say it's changed. I, I'm a different type of sleeper now, and I'm much more savvy when it comes to the use of my hours. So with less hours, I'm able to accomplish more. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't. And that's, let's talk a little bit about your art. So you define yourself as an artist. Tell me a little bit about what that art that you make is. What kind of stuff are you making lately? It varies because I get bored really easily too. Um, when I was in college, I, and I like to give like a big spectrum of what it is to, because sometimes people get really paralyzed. It's like, oh, but you found your thing. Or it's like, my, you don't understand because like you already know what you like to do. It's like, no, hear me out. In college, I used to paint um, like sepia. What's sepia called in, in English? It's like monochromatic paintings of, and it was called like the Latin American crisis, very sinister, dark scenes of like Latin American poverty or impoverished communities. I can't like, even imagine that coming from you. No, right yeah, now. exactly. Cause I lived in Chicago and the winter and I missed my family and I was sad and I missed home and it, it's art is home. It's like, it, it's an expression of where I am emotionally and physically. Um, so that was like what I did in college. And then I came back, uh, I graduated and I did my master's and then I came back and I started doodling very childlike things because I used to volunteer at um, Ciudad del Niño, which is this um, school for kids that are in in danger I mean in danger meaning either they come from separated parents or they are abandoned or they don't have enough money to buy their own so I used to go and teach them art and I reinterpreted their doodles and it was such a fun time for me because I was expressing um I almost like became a kid again so that was that stage of my artisthood, if you can call that. And then now, let's forward like 10 years later, I'm, I'm very influenced by my daughter now. I'm doing like very like cute, whimsical, almost like pottery barn baby type thingies that you would definitely want to hang at your nursery or you would want to give to your best friend at a shower like at a, at a baby shower type type of thing that's at a personal level but through my blog I also sometimes we speak about very you and I I relate I can relate to you in that that we talk about deep things like being a mom balancing life uh we talk about struggle and challenges we're very open about the journey and that can sometimes feel scary um so i liven up the conversation with my artwork so my my artwork and i feel it like balances out the equation i'm i'm a libra i don't know if that says anything about who i am but i when i read things about being a libra like i i don't have a gray song I'm either one thing or the other. I'm either eating a tower of pancakes with like Nutella and chocolate exploding or I'm like drinking a green smoothie because I'm like in this new regimen of like being super, super healthy. And with my blog, I'm kind of similar. I like speak about the hard things that no one wants to hear. But then I try to bring some elements of like, Oh, let's laugh. Let's smile. Let me show you this cute little illustration so you forget that the word that the world is a little bit like difficult kind of thing. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Um, and I, I just wonder what. So you say that your daughter is influencing your art. Um, are you going to take that influence further in terms of? exploring more her influence into your actual, like their written work, I guess is what I'm getting at. I know you already did that with your recent blog post. So I'm curious if you're going to continue that vein. I'm going to allow my lifestyle to 
infuse everything that I do. So I think the answer is yes. Like if she's <laughs> definitely, and it's not going to be on purpose. It's just going to happen. I feel, um, I've, I've tried to do it like more in a more organized way. For example, when I became pregnant, I bought the domain name. I have a brand, a side brand called Life is Messy. And I bought the domain name Life is Messier. And I bought the domain name Life is Messy Baby. Thinking, oh, I'm definitely going to do baby things. I'm going to and in my organized brain, everything made sense. I'm going to be super, super honest. I don't even know what I'm going to do with those names. I, I don't know if I'm going to be doing like onesies or I'm going to be having like mom kits or I'm going to be making baby pajamas or I'm going to be talking about the struggles between being a mom and a business lady. But I'm allowing myself the opportunity to think about ways of bringing my mom life into the public life um, so I can so other people can either learn from my mistakes or also be inspired by my journey because what I've understood about what I'm doing is like when people can empathize when people can raise their hand and be like my me too I I feel that too you inspire more instead of like putting yourself in this pedestal of life being glossy and perfect and like, Oh, so shiny. It's like I, the other day I had this photo shoot with Kate Spade, one of my favorite brands ever. And I got a chance to dress up and be pretty and have this beautiful photo shoot with my daughter. And I was very, very open about how that's not how my life looks 99% of the time. And if I were just to show that photo shoot and not tell everyone the rest of the story, everyone would see me and say, I could never have that. I could never be that. I feel like a loser. I, I, they don't even try. They stop trying because their role models become unattainable. It's like I, they can never aspire to look like they have a blow-dried hair and a beautiful dress that costs a lot of money but if they know that's just a little part a little splurge a little moment that I allowed myself to be girly and feel pretty and they're like oh okay I can do that once a month or once every week I can give myself a mani and petty I can treat myself with you know a beautiful new dress that makes me feel confident and important and prestigious um and like, that's what I'm going for. I'm going for the realistic route so I can inspire other women to, to give it a try and not give up in, in the middle of the road. That makes a lot of sense. And it's, I mean, that's the very reason why I started this podcast, why um, it took me a year and a half to decide, yes, I want to talk to other moms. Um, I don't know why I felt like there was a stigma around mommy blogging or things like that, but I realized there's... There's no, or I haven't found a voice that's young, new mom, struggles, the same struggles that I have, um, because I feel like the best learnings that I've had, other than this one book that helped me a lot, but with my newborn, um, the best learnings that I've encountered are when I talk to my other mom friends and when they say anything, and you know, there's... I mean, the spectrum is huge from hanging out with other babies and seeing that a baby... JJ's age is able to do something. And then I've just been seeing him as so much of a baby that I haven't even tried. And then I try and the next week he's saying up when he wants to be carried, you know, I'm like, what? I didn't even know he could do that. But just by hanging out with other kids and other moms, I was able to see that. Or when I say, you know, like, I don't know what to do with the teething. They're like, you know, I tried this and it worked. And that kind of stuff, those experiences have just blown my mind wide open. Uh, and so I thought, you know, why not share more of those conversations for other people to hear? Because sometimes we don't have our mom friend to call. Sometimes they've got kids that are sick. They've got um, doctor's appointments and parents to hang out with. And not everybody's available all the time. And to get it, gain another perspective, I feel. I mean, I recently, just yesterday, and this is 
yesterday from when we were recording, I uploaded a picture on Instagram. I was writing a post about uh, Mere Christianity, the book by C.S. Lewis. So I was like, you know, I want to post a picture of the book, but that's so boring. <laughs> this cover is black and white. So I gave it to my kid and I took a picture of him holding the book and people loved it because it's ridiculous. He's like cracking up holding this book. And like two seconds later, he tore it to pieces. I, I felt so bad because it was borrowed. And I was like, oh, no. Um, but slowly I've kind of it's like, messy. yeah, life is messy. And um, slowly I've been letting him in to my work um, and not feeling a certain way about it. I don't know what that way is. Maybe guilty. Maybe I don't know what. But I totally, I totally know what you're saying. You are talking and I'm like just putting my head up and down. I can relate to what you said in so many levels. And I think we have to share with people listening that, um, this is a funny story. Like you sent me an email, uh, inviting me to your podcast. And, and I replied instead of taking two weeks to reply, which is what it's taking me now to reply to emails now that I'm a mom. I take, I think I didn't take more than 24 hours. I'm like, my default setting is no, I say no to everything, but I'm saying yes to this because this feels amazing. And I want to share this with people listening because it's so important to me. I've prioritized talking to other moms so, so much because it's helped me so much that for me, it was a no, I was going to make time for this call no matter what happened, because it's like, it's what's saving me. It's my lifesaver. Just relating to other moms, talking to other moms, the, the, the good parts and the down parts, like my kid is sick. And I'm like, Oh, mine was sick too. I even feel, I even feel good about talking about the hard stuff because I feel like, Oh, they go through that too. Okay, I'm not the only one with a kid with a runny nose. Let me tell you, when my child is sick, I feel like all of Nicaragua knows because I call every single person. What medicine did you give him? Should I give him medicine? You know, I saw on Baby Center that blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then the next, like a few days later, I get a million messages like, how's he doing? And I'm like, Marcela, maybe you're oversharing. <laughs> yeah. But you know, that's how we learn people who have been ahead of us, even if they're just one level ahead, you know? Yeah. And, and can I just tag along what you said, the oversharing, I didn't know where I stood in terms of how much I want to share about my baby life. Cause, cause again, my Instagram used to be this place where I talked about this certain topic. Like I, and I also create rules for myself. Like for example, one of my rules is I don't post pictures of myself in a bikini. I know it's like a silly, stupid rule. I live in a tropical place. I'm wearing a bikini most of the time, but I'm very self-conscious about putting like, I'm not a, a, like a super, it's not my brand. My brand is not to post pictures of me wearing a bikini. So that's like one rule. And when I became pregnant, I'm like, do I want to make a rule that I'm not going to post baby pictures? Some moms do that out of respect, out of like waiting until the baby gives them permission. I don't know. I, it, it, it's, it's one thing I've, I've heard lots of moms say, I don't want to say the name of the baby. And I really wanted to allow myself the space to, to think about um, what type of sharing I wanted to do. And I talked to David, my husband about it a lot. It's like, what do we want to share? And I was scared about over sharing too, but I've, I've been slowly becoming, I'm slowly becoming less guilty about the stuff that I do share because instead of getting all these unfollows of people that don't care about like the new like the baby Olivia turned six months. These are the highlights from this month. Like I thought like, who is going to care? My, like no one cares. Those are the posts that get the most amount of likes, not only because people love babies, but because I share things that other people again can raise their hand and be like, Oh, my baby also is spitting all across the blah, or like my baby also doesn't like to be fed uh, papilla. What's papilla called? Um, like pureed food. Like they like me to, Olivia likes for me to give the food almost like entirely, like the whole apple. Or, and it's like funny little things about her and her personality that 
allow people to speak to me about something. Maybe before they felt intimidated to reach out because they didn't relate to the entrepreneur level. But now I give a lot of different dimensions about who I am. Either they come to me because they can relate on like they also like to cook or they come to me because they relate because they also have a granny that they're very close to or they come to me because they're a mom. Like by sharing another aspect of my life, I'm also opening another door where people can be like, hey, can I talk? Can I be part of your tribe? Because I, I also do da 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 da. So it's like another thing that I, that we can have conversations or like a tea party <laughs> about if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I, I mean, my Instagram has basically become photos of my kid at the beach. <laughs> um, there are so many. I'm like, here's JJ and baby Jay flying a kite. Here they are at whatever. And I'm just like, you know what? Lately, like, it makes me so happy that to share that stuff um, that I don't even mind like you said, getting on, like if I did get on follows because people don't want to see my baby, like peace out. Don't be on my Insta. You know, this is me. He is part of me. I made him. I fed him. I grew him. Um, so, and now it's just so sometimes, I don't know. I have a weird sense of humor. And like the other day I posted a picture of him in, have you heard of the brand Hannah Anderson? No. Okay. Well, they're, they're just like very cute, very striped pajamas. I am obsessed with them. And I'm going to send you the link because obsessed. And stripes. That's one of the reasons I love Kate Spade so much. Stripes and polka dots. Yeah. You, I actually posted on Insta the other day. Like one of my friends sent me a, a link to a cup of Joe post about stripes, like the best striped picture uh, shirts. And I sent her a picture of me in reply wearing a striped dress. I'm like, you don't have to talk to me about stripes. I'm obsessed. So the thing is that I posted a picture of my son wearing a blue and green striped PJ holding a blue and green sippy cup. And I was just like, this is ridiculous. And that's why I'm going to post it. It was completely by accident and people were cracking up, you know, and I'm just like, this is life. This is mom life. Like there's cute moments and there's disasters. Like I posted a picture of him throwing a huge tantrum on Halloween. Um, and so it's like my husband holding him and he's screaming. <laughs> and I'm just like, Halloween wasn't fun this year, you know, didn't, didn't go so well. But, but I feel like definitely I connect to people more and people can see the different facets of who I am through my journey as a mom, you know? So I definitely share that with you. Um, the other thing is that we, we have personal brands. So okay. we made, I don't know if you made a conscious decision in the beginning to name your company or to name your blog or like, I didn't call my business itty bitty my nemo. Like I called it my carles. Like you go to my and you check out all my stuff. So I'm not gonna like, it's part of who we are. If we didn't talk about that, we would almost be like censoring <laughs> content. Yeah. Like it would be like masking all this aspect. It's like cutting an arm. It wouldn't it wouldn't be Marcela Chamorro. It wouldn't be my Carles. It would be this mask of it, it wouldn't be a mask. It would be like me wearing only one shoe. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes sense. And that's exactly why when I was hesitant. Uh, to create this podcast and this site, I was just like, you know what, I, I'm going to do it because it is censorship. Like I'm not sharing these insights, these stories. And over the years, um, I've had, I wouldn't say an effect on people, but I would say that the feedback that I get, you have, you have. the Definitely. feedback I get is our conversation helped me in some way. And it helped me too. So it's like two way street, but I get that from other people. And I was like, you know what, there's this, there's this service here of sharing these conversations and I'm, it is a censorship if I'm not sharing them. You know what I mean? And I want to ask you about this quote that you yeah. posted on Instagram. Um, it says you want to work like you never had children and you want to be a mom. Like you don't have a business, which when I read that, I was like, I'm talking to her. That's it. I'm in yeah. love. <laughs> um, that, that did it for me. Tell me a little bit about how you're living that or struggling too, you know, like it's all good. It's not, nothing's perfect. Tell me about your journey with that quote. It's just accepting that that's it. That's the thing. Like wh when I read that, I come to, I'm at peace with 
that fact. Before I just lived in tension, before I just felt guilty about being on the play mat, but dreaming about like uploading a new blog post or vice versa. I used to be answering emails, client emails and thinking about like, Oh, I should be cuddling baby Olivia. But now I live in this place where super mommy meets girl boss, where both of them get along, where both of them don't guilt trip each other out where both of them allow each other to shine. Because let me tell you something, like they're both good. It's not like the little, like the little devil that's like the business person or the mom. And there's not this little angel. No, both of them have their place. And I'll tell you what I've, how I've come to peace with it. For me, the girl boss reminds me that I need manis and pennies, that I that confidence is sexy, that reading a book makes me smart and being smart, like projects myself into the universe in a way that feels aligned with everything. The girl boss reminds me of my mission in this planet. Like I was born to do something and the girl boss keeps nudging me like, hey, like poking me in a like soft, gentle way of like, hey, don't forget that you have this talent and you were born in a privileged position and you have Wi-Fi connection and you have a laptop and like all these things came to you because this is what you should be doing. And I love that because I never want to take for granted all of my gifts and all of my opportunities. And the mommy reminds me to be gentle, to stay in my pajamas a little longer, to bring grilled cheese to my bed if you know, if I just feel like it, uh, it reminds me that I can watch another Netflix movie and nothing's going to happen. Like I'm not a firefighter. Like a, a house is literally not going to be burned because I don't return to my email in 45 minutes. Like anything in my job can wait 45 minutes. And the super mommy reminds me of that. So now I actually have the best excuse to be both at the same time and to be like to give myself those those two it's a juxtaposition but the two of them I feel can live harmoniously inside of my body (laughs) without me exploding Um, and I'm happy with that I'm living that tension in a very harmonious way right now if I can even say that, because those are two opposing words, but it's working. Yeah, I, I think for me personally, it's hard to step away from the part of the work that I love. When I start, when I start creating something, uh, writing copy, working on a, the new website or something, it's really hard for me to step away and be like, okay, my work hours are up. I will come back tomorrow. Because I was always that type when I get excited about something, I just want to keep going. And before the baby, I had no problem doing that, you know. Um, But now when it's like, okay, it's time for baby Jay, um, it's hard for me to refocus and let that other stuff go and that excitement go and then channel that or channel that excitement into him. So that's something that for me is a is a little bit of a struggle right now. Like that's that's a great problem to have, I realize. Um, But I really don't want I want to make sure that he doesn't suffer for it. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. And I'm going through that too. So even though I'm telling you that I'm, I'm harmoniously living with girl boss and super mommy at the same time, like I have to step out of my studio. Like anything, nothing that didn't happen before 7 p.m. is going to get done. And before I was a mom, like 7 after dinner is when my life started with my, like, my creativity pixie exploded. Like I worked at night when the phone didn't ring, when emails didn't get like bombarded my way. Like those were my high creativity, high flow. I'm in Nirvana peaks. And now they're not. And that was really, really, really hard for me. 
So something, it's not like I figured it out yet, and I think we never will, but something that I'm, I'm experimenting now is finding flow. I also, for you, I bet it's writing. For me, it's like painting something. I'm painting, and when I start, I look at an empty canvas, and it's intimidating. It's like, I don't even know where this is going. I get paralyzed. I don't know what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. 45 minutes into it, I'm like, I'm getting a rhythm. I'm like in my element. I'm like starting. It's like, my you're here. It's like the girl boss is coming. It's like, you go for it. Super, super creative uh, person is coming out. And then all of a sudden, baby wakes up. I have to stop. That, I think this is what you were referring to. And um, instead of becoming frustrated, because I have in the past, and I even became resented of my husband. It's like, he gets to go to the office. And he gets to not be interrupted. And I'm interrupted. Like, what? you know, I, I victimized myself. But what I've done with that energy is that now I take that flow. And instead of putting it in pause, I let it keep going in my head. So I don't know if this happens to you, but I keep writing blog posts in my head while I'm breastfeeding or when I'm in the shower or when I'm cooking. Like, even though I'm not... I'm not in the action, like I'm not, my fingers are not in the keyboard typing or my fingers are not with the paintbrush painting. I keep painting in my head. And I've all, I'm afraid to say this out loud because I'm going to sound so crazy. I've deciphered a way almost to, in my head, finish things <laughs> and then come and do them really quickly. Almost in a, in like a prophecy type of way. <laughs> and like in my head, I, I say it's going to turn this way. I'm going to paint it blue. I'm, this is the quote. And these are the bullet points. Sometimes I even have to grab my phone and like do little bullet points so I don't forget. Or I have like notepads everywhere. That's why it, that's part of what I sell. I have lo lo lots of notepads, lots of notepads because um, I love writing little things down, right? So I don't forget. So when I go back to the drawing board, I really, really, really um, put all of these things that I had in my head into place. So it's like a more planned creativity. You had more time. I mean, it 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 is hard work to remember, though. Yeah. <laughs> um. So it's it sounds like a more planned creative process where you go into it having thought about it for a while and then execute. Yes, I'm more thoughtful. Before I used to be more spontaneous, and there's a place for spontaneity because I feel all creative work should have those spur of the moment things like the picture of your baby holding the book like that just happened you just like let's give them the let's give the baby the book and it just happened and there's magic in spontaneity but I feel there's also magic in in letting it simmer and in quietness there's creativity in that stillness too and I didn't have that before because I'm a very hyperactive person I'm always like go 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 drink wheatgrass go running I always have to be doing something but by allowing myself some time to like right now I can't multitask because baby Olivia needs me there's stuff that's happening too so instead of being like oh my life is not like it used to be no my superalo like get it over with it's never gonna be like it used to grab the parts that are different in a good way and, 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 and turn them into something positive. Cause honestly, we can't change the fact that we're moms now. So let's start like, like leveraging being a mom. There's great things about being a mom. So we, let's use them to our advantage. One of the advantages, just to name like one, just to name one people that I have this, this product called life is messy planners. And a lot of people didn't buy them before because it's like, who is she to talk about time management? She doesn't even, like, she doesn't know time management until she has it. And now they're like, Mai, now I'm more into your brand. Because coming from a person that has less time, that is has all this on her plate, if you talk about organization or you talk about, like, now I can hear you. Because now I know you're struggling with the same things that I'm struggling and that's something I didn't have before because I wasn't a mom 
And now other people can be like, it's it's like um, credit is not the word. Yeah, it's like street cred. We have more street cred in this respect because being a mom does that to you. It's like we belong to this tribe of people who get this, that people who are not moms don't get it. No, it's true. And I, I had that experience when I interviewed uh, Caroline Kelso on Process, where we talked about, she was like, oh, I read for 30 minutes every morning. And then I go and I do my hand lettering and then I do painting. And I was like, <laughs> just wait till you have a baby because it's, I can't do that anymore. And and then it was just like, you know what? Shut, like, Marcela, don't. Like you, <laughs> yes, there's there was beauty in that. And there's I mean, I would say much more beauty in this, in my own experience, not to speak of anybody else's, but in my own experience, my life is so much more rich um, for for having him in it. But there is that, There, I feel like every mom that I've spoken to at least, don't want to speak for everybody, uh, goes through a process of like ripping the selfishness out of us. Um, not to say that we're still not selfish, like I'm an incredibly selfish person, but the level of selfishness is so much more reduced than what before I had baby oh, Jay, yes. you know? And I remember specifically one day, he must've been like three weeks old and I was rocking him to, and, and nursing him to sleep. And I remember crying. I'm telling you, the newborn phase was a lot of anxiety for me. Crying and like praying, like, please make me less selfish. And because I was suffering in that moment, just plain old suffering. And I never had another moment like that again. I, I've had tough moments, but not like that. Um, and I feel like it's this process of, it's like ripping it out of you and then constantly now becoming a little less selfish, a little less selfish. And right now I'm going through a process of um, allowing myself to be a little more selfish of, you know what, I'm going to go work out for one hour, three times a week. I'm going to give myself three hours I mean, my husband golfs every weekend. He gets like six hours and I'm like, okay, you're going to have quality dad time for three hours a week while mom goes to work out. And I am not going to feel bad about it. I am going to allow myself that selfishness. Um, cause working out is always, it's very important to me. It has always been, I mean, it's been what, like seven and a half years and it's part of my identity at this yeah. point. I just, that's part of me. And, um, and it's, it's just this interesting process of how selfishness shows itself, um, comes in and out of, of ourselves as moms. You know what I mean? I totally know what you mean. Yes, definitely, definitely. And I feel like a lot of my friends, when, you know, just like I come to them with my struggles and they come to me with theirs, I feel like selfishness is the main at the root of all of it. Like, so for example, I wrote a post, um, way back, the baby must've been like three months, maybe five months old. And it was about, I was struggling with his like nap issues. And my mom turned to me and she was like, Marcela, there will always be something that's wrong. That's your, your challenge with, or there's always going to be something. If it's not the nap, it's how many bottles or why did he drink three ounces? Not seven today. Is he feeling bad? There's always going to be something. And, Right now, for example, I'm struggling with letting him go to nursery school so I can work for three hours a day. Um, and I'm, I'm really struggling with that decision, but I feel like I need, I, I love my work so much. Uh, what, what is something that you are struggling with at the moment with baby O? That's a good question. Um, just last night I was, I was feeling like, I was feeling like there's no button let me let me expand on that. I used to be able to like click and just unwind or like like even going to a massage, like completely disconnect from the universe and not think about anything else but the massage <laughs> or not think about anything else but the delicious meal that I have in front of me. And something that I really struggle with is like coming to terms with the fact that that's that's just not happening anymore um because like you i i used to i used to be very my oriented 
I, I tell this funny story when I was very young, my mom, um, is a, is a lawyer and she is like, um, she used to invite me to the, in, during the summer breaks to work at her office. And the office is called her last name, Alfaro Ferrer y Ramirez. Ferrer is her last name. And it was my grandfather's last name. And when I used to work there, she's like, Maya, so do, do you like working here? I'm like, yes. And she's like, oh, you want to be a lawyer when you, when you grow up? I'm like, no. I want to work at a place that says Maigales in the front. Like, that's very narcissistic. <laughs> but it's very... I don't, I don't even know what the right way. I've always been aware that I have this thing that I want to give, these things that I want to create in the world, this very my centered. And now my, my eje, the, where everything, everything doesn't revolve around my now, even my meals revolve around when the baby is sleeping, napping, hungry, not hungry, healthy, with a flu. Like, they depend fully on other people. And it's just something I wasn't used to. And I feel like I'm becoming a better human being now because of it. But it's taken me a while to let go because before... I could decide what day of the week I was going to get a manicure before I could decide at what time I'm going to eat and I'm going to eat a hot meal. I can't tell you how long ago I've had a meal where I didn't have to stand up and be like, shh, 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 like carrying the baby back and forth because like she needed to be calmed or, and it's just, it's, it's draining. <laughs> So something that I'm struggling with is realizing that Mai is no longer the center of attention. Oh, another funny story. Yesterday, it was my uncle's birthday. We went to, her, uh, to his birthday party, and I'm like, hello. No one cared that I, it was, a, did you bring the baby? Did you, I'm like. You're invisible. Yes. Hello, I'm here. I did bring the baby. I, I, thank goodness, because if I didn't, I, I, would I be Casper, the friendly ghost? Who do, like it's invisible. So it kind of hurts you sometimes. But I'll tell you where it hurts. It hurts on your ego. But there's no space for the ego when you're, you know, really doing stuff that matters. So I think this this is good that this is happening to me. But it's just one of those hard life lessons that's like bittersweet. <laughs> Um, so that's my struggle. If I can be completely honest. No, no. And I think that every, I think that most moms share that with you in some, on some, uh, level on the spectrum, but I, I will say though that the ego, so on my blog, I've launched like a war on the ego and I've written like, I don't know, like five or six posts in the past, like three months on the ego. And this, this last one about on mere Christianity, I was so surprised at how, um, you know, apart from the, the Christian part of mere Christianity, just the lessons that C.S. Lewis writes about are so focused on the ego. And I didn't expect that. I thought that was beautiful. And I, um, I just think that, so as time goes on, and sometimes I realize the reason behind things. And I feel like, no wonder, like, obviously we're meant to have babies so that we all don't die out. Like, I get it. <laughs> yeah. But um, as a race, but I feel like there's a purpose for having children and that is to remove that ego, that selfishness. Um, and I do see ego a lot in the mommy wars. You know, what does your kid do that mine doesn't? What are your, what choices are you making? I wouldn't make that choice. I feel superior or inferior. The mommy wars are horrible. Oh my God. That could be a whole new podcast. Yeah. And I have so much to say about that too. But I feel it's, like it's, if you yeah. just remove your own ego, the mommy wars can't even touch you. Like people could say the meanest thing to you about your child or about your parenting decisions. But if you don't let that bruise your ego because you have like shed the ego, then the mommy wars just dissipate. They evaporate because they didn't hurt you because you realize that it's that person's ego that's trying to hurt yours. And if you don't have one, <laughs> nothing happens. You know, somebody could tell me like, oh, I wouldn't put him in that school. I've heard terrible things. Like I only put my kids in this other school. If I just go, interesting, perhaps, and that's it, 
there's no, that's it. There's no judgment. There's no assuming. There's no taking things personal. I mean, they're in the mommy war, but they're fighting that battle by themselves. Yeah. You know, and that, that has helped me with the whole mommy war situation. And I obviously try my best to not mommy war on anybody else. Sometimes it happens like in your own brain without even saying it out loud as an automatic reaction. Like, oi, did you see what that kid like? And you're just like, shut up, Marcela. Love that baby. You know, let it go. Um, yeah. So I think that it is like an instinct, but it's something to be worked on and that can be not solved, but like really improved if each of us did that, you know? Definitely. It's like we, I think we complete our missions by, I don't know if this is getting like too woohoo here, but I feel like everyone, you go there. I feel like everyone picks being on earth. So if my baby picked us as parents, she wants me to be her mom. She, but, and she has a mission. Maybe she's going to be an astronaut. Maybe she's going to cure, find a cure to cancer. Maybe she's going to just sell ice creams at the corner, but she's going to make the most delicious flavor. But whatever it is, I think part of her mission, I no, I don't think, I believe that part of her mission is to fine tune mine too. So the reason that she's part of, our journey and she picked me as mom it's because there's something in her that's gonna fix fix no because I'm not broken but it's gonna better me and because we're so connected she's helping me out too so it's like in the evolution process this stage is another dimension of evolution it's like wait a second I'm not the center of the universe Wow, it took giving birth to a baby to realize that? Okay, that's fine, I'll take it. But that's what it took, honestly. I am 33 years old, and I've been, I went to study abroad, and I'm, I, so many experiences. And only this taught me that I'm not the center of the universe. It, so it's like part of what it, needed to happen in order for me to fulfill or get to that pyramid of becoming the best version of myself. One of my, um, one of my friends is a, an executive coach or he used to be a life coach. I don't know what kind of coach he is now, but he works with teams. Um, I don't know the terms, but he told me once, so he had kids before I did and we used to hang out for coffee. And if I could make a tiny version of him, his name is Jose. If I could, make a tiny version of him and keep him in my pocket. I would, because I would pull him out and be like, Jose, what do I do? Jose, what do you think? And so this one day he just told me we were having coffee and he said, kids are a mirror and they show you your faults. And I was like, Oh, snap. Uh, <laughs> yes. And, and it's true. Yes. So right, right now, for example, you're talking about like, that's, you know, we were saying the selfishness and stuff. But at the same time, I feel like kids are also a mirror for the good, you know? Um, and I think that maybe, maybe we haven't touched upon that so much in this episode, but kids really are, I mean, I've never sang so much in my life. My voice is horrible. Like, <laughs> and I will sing forever or we will dance ridiculously and I make a fool of myself all day with him. And that's just so nice, you know, to play. Um, so they bring you back. And they, and they help bend you, like you were saying, you know? Yes. And let go of, of the lure of perfectionism. Because before we could keep it up, like, oh, my house is perfect. Everything's perfect. Oh, I keep a tidy kitchen and my, all my dishes are, are clean. Now I can't even pull it off. It's like obvious that life isn't perfect. And I'm, I'm okay with it because there's this little crawling minion going they teach you how to enjoy the beauty in the messy parts and they don't care if you're waking wearing makeup they no, just they look don't. at you and go mama so happy yeah. you know it's 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 a beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing so i 
I really wanted to thank you for, for sharing all of that with us. And I hope that we can touch base, you know, in a few months when, I mean, another big milestone for us in the change of like how things operated with baby J was around 11, 11 or 12 months. And then he just like woke up. I mean, they're awake, but every day that passes, I feel like he wakes up even more. It's crazy. So I'm going to touch base with you in a few months and see what you have to share about baby O and her and how she's growing and becoming more and more of herself or showing, I guess, more and more of herself and how's that, how that is impacting you. I'm pumped. Thank you so much for sharing all of that with us, My, Thank you so much for bringing me on. It was a pleasure. And a big, big thank you for sharing your time with us. I know how precious that is. We've touched upon that in this episode, and I am beyond grateful for it. Just know that. You're very welcome. That's it for my interview with Mai from 2016. And thank you for listening to The Kin Show. As always, you can check out this episode's show notes at kinpodcast.com, where I'll have all the information I talked about here with Mai, including the quotes we mentioned and all of that over at kinpodcast.com. And I'll also include where you can find Mai on the interwebs. As always, a very special thank you to my friend Mario Callejas for providing the music to this show. Check him out on Spotify or listen to my favorite song, Yellow. Search Mario Callejas on Spotify. He's the bomb. And thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, rate and review this podcast over on iTunes. It'll help more people find and enjoy the show as well. And I'll be ever so grateful. Hopefully five stars. Um, I hope you'll stay tuned for the next episode of Kin. And as I promised at the beginning of the show, remember that I'll be back with Mai with an update on everything Panama, everything T-Rex artist, on everything Baby O in a few weeks. Thank you, Mai, for being on the show. Thank you for allowing me to re-air this podcast conversation. And it was an honor speaking with her. Thank you for listening. This is Marcela signing out.